This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Dave and Catherine Denuzzo talk about embracing the cross, overcoming anxiety. One body stewarding God's creation. Dave and Catherine are being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on air host, Kelly Roper. One body stewarding God's creation. Our guests is Dave and Catherine Denuso. So welcome, Dave and Catherine. Can you hear me okay? We can. Thank you so much for having us. So good to hear from you. Yes. Yeah, so glad that you're you're on the air, too. So um, we are going to be talking about embracing the cross, overcoming anxiety. And um, so we know that all good things begin with prayer though so we want to start with prayer before we get into the introduction and talking about that would one of you be willing to lead us in a prayer absolutely let's pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen Amen. heavenly father we thank you for your love and mercy for us we thank you for your easter resurrection for the sacrifice that you made on the cross for us and we thank you lord for your coming back to life and opening the doors of heaven for us We pray that we may stay faithful to you and that we may embrace our crosses, that we may follow in your footsteps, and we may be blessed to be with you in heaven for eternity. And we pray special blessings on Divine Mercy Radio that the message of the gospel may reach many ears for the salvation of souls. We pray this in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Beautiful. All right. So again, we are talking with Dave and Catherine Denuso, um, talking about embracing the cross, overcoming anxiety. By way of introduction, Dave and Catherine Denuso live in Beloit, Kansas with their four children. Dave is in diaconate formation as a deacon candidate for the Salina Diocese, and Catherine is a licensed professional counselor in private practice. Dave also operates a men's apostolate called True Manhood Catholic, where he travels the world speaking, putting on retreats, and encouraging males to live authentic masculinity. His info can be found at truemanhood.com. Catherine has recently created a new online resource for mental health, and all those resources can be found at sacredheartmentalwellness.com. Welcome to both of you. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be here. What ways have you and your family had to embrace this cross? We're talking about embracing the cross. You know, I think you guys have been through um, some difficult times. So what are some of those ways that you've had to embrace the cross recently? Well, we know that everyone has experienced a crazy past two years. Um, You know that our story is unique to us, but it doesn't downplay what others have experienced, and I'm sure that a lot of it has been similar things, but uh, in particular for us, uh, I was very, very sick with COVID, and uh, for the listeners of Divine Mercy Radio, there is an archived episode where Catherine and I recounted my medical journey with COVID and uh, being near death and how it's affected us, but since that show, uh, probably, I guess that was probably about a year ago, I don't remember exactly, uh, probably part of my COVID brain. Um, but that has had a huge impact on us as a family, my medical abilities, my physical abilities, uh, it has caused me to step away from teaching and 
my main concern right now is to try to get healthy physically so that I'm able to be the husband and father that I desire to be and that my wife and children need. And so that, that journey through COVID has certainly affected us as a family and the trauma, which Catherine can certainly speak to in a better way, um, but also affecting our children in all sorts of ways, whether it be at school or just in their own faith life, their own struggles. And so the, yeah, good. I was going to say one of the things that really has sat on Dave and I's heart when we think about this cross is how often when you go to a wedding, you hear people talk about for sickness and in health Mm. and sickness just seems to kind of get blurred in the excitement of the health and the reality of what marriage looks like when your husband, who is this amazing, strong, healthy leader of your family becomes the dad who can't walk very far or can't pick up the heavy thing or can't, you know, take care of those big decisions or cause he's just that mental fog from COVID. Um, I think a cross of realizing that when you're young, you get sick and you get better. Yeah. Isn't that what we do? You know, you give yourself two weeks. And I think at our last, if you watch our talk before, you'll see, you know, we were in that very beautiful stage of like, Oh, but he's going to get better now. And things are going to be different. And I don't think we expected for him to get worse, to get COVID again, to end up in the ICU again, Mm. to realize that this is a journey that our whole life as a family has changed. What I thought saying yes to on the altar is very different than what the practicalities of that are. And how can I find joy in God in that now that I am the breadwinner? of a family that didn't anticipate that, that my big, strong husband, who's strong in so many ways, can't do the physical things he used to be able to do. And how do I love him in that struggle for him, but also in the struggle for us? And I'm going to let Dave kind of talk to it on a spiritual level, but I want to start really quick to on like a psychological, what I like to call mental wellness level, is that the first thing we have to do always is acknowledge our loss and acknowledge our feelings. And it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to like have those emotions. And what I call it is like stepping on the first step. You know, when you walk downstairs, if you miss the first one, all the rest, you kind of bobble down and doesn't work (laughs) really well. And so when we as people, as humans, allow ourselves to feel the feelings first and then go down the stairs and then be like, okay, yes, these are hardships. Yes, this is a cross. I think as Catholics, we always think if I embrace my suffering, it won't suck. But it still sucks. I mean, if you look at the passion, you know, Jesus accepted his passion, but it still hurt. Yeah. It was still painful. It was still all of those things. And we have to give ourselves that first to be like, yes, this is hard before we can go to those next steps of being like, what do I, what am I going to do with it? And almost always when I'm working with clients, that's the step that they miss is like, it's okay that this is hard. Yeah. Now what are we going to do? And for us to the, the continuing 
taking the steps, regardless of the external circumstances, to remain faithful has been, as a family, to really connect and to focus inward on our vocational call, uh, because the kids are involved in that too. And as a family, what is God calling us to? So that, that requires prayer, and that requires decisions. Yeah. So in our family, uh, as, as I'm in deacon formation, I, I've, I've agreed to pray morning and evening prayer. Yeah. And that has to be standard. It has to be praying the prayers of the church, the Psalms, relying on God, and remaining faithful regardless of what cross he gives us and regardless of, yeah, those external circumstances, because we're not guaranteed much of anything, but we do know that we are going to have crosses to bear and that's okay. And I think like Catherine said, to acknowledge that it's difficult, acknowledge that we're maybe frustrated or acknowledge that it's uh, maybe not what we thought we signed up for, but in the end, if these things, if these sufferings, and, and really for us, there has been suffering, but it's been fairly minimal in the scheme of uh, life and other people's sufferings. Like if they were to be compared, ours is minimal. But if we can unite our suffering to the cross and realize that this is for our sanctification, I mean, it's, it's one thing to just say that. It's another thing to live it and actually taking the opportunity to let whatever crosses come our way, to come our way, to, to decide every day, okay, I'm going to be faithful to you, Lord. I know you're faithful to me. There's going to be good brought out of this suffering and this difficulty. Help guide me. You know, this is, this is uh, something I work with with my spiritual director all the time on fighting my self-reliance, which I think we're probably a lot, a lot of us are more guilty of that than we want to acknowledge. I cannot rely on Dave. I have to rely on Christ. Mm-hmm. I have to rely on God, the Holy Spirit. Uh, God, the Father, desires my good. Christ is my example. The Spirit is there to be my helper. Yeah. So all of this combined, we really can stay faithful. And it doesn't matter what our cross is going to be. Because they're coming. Really powerful words there. You know, for many of us, easy to listen to, sometimes easy to say, not so easy to live. Yeah, and that's one thing that, you know, when we think about these crosses for our sanctification, I really had to start when when Dave first got sick, I always had this prayer when we got married, God, don't let, don't take my husband away from me because I can't do it without him. And when he was in the ICU for 25 days, and we many times had to go say goodbye to him, because if anyone knows the COVID journey, it's an up and down journey, and... So there were multiple conversations that this might be our last. Mm -hmm. And I had that real realization that I might have to raise four children by myself. And I'm not, I can't do it by my, my humanity, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, it was the most beautiful time I had with Jesus when he kept showing me, he's like, Catherine, you are right. You cannot do this by yourself, but it's not Dave that you need. It's me. And What I've learned over the last couple of months as we've kind of navigated his new life is that I have a choice every day to think about the things I don't have. Like one time we were at a track meet 
And I was looking around, and Dave was one of the few dads there because they were all at work. And Dave wasn't at work. And I got so sad, and I'm sorry for my tears. It's just it's a journey, and thinking, oh, my gosh, my husband can't work. Yeah. And then I stopped, and I prayed and said, come, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I am so blessed to have this moment sitting at this track meet with my husband. And I saw my daughters check his eyes because they just want to know that he's there, you know, just see him throw, see them throw this discus. And I was like, I don't want to miss all the blessings that God is bringing into my life by focusing on the cross that's there also. And that really has changed so much of how I'm able to carry the hard days is because I acknowledge them. It is hard, but... I also see the blessings that walking through this hard, Dave and I have had to have conversations we never wanted to have. I had to ask him in the hospital if he was ready to die. I had to tell my children that we have to love Jesus if daddy comes home to heaven or if he comes home to our house. But man, has it created a deeper relationship within our children when they're dealing with their emotions of it and my emotions. And we've learned how to love each other through them and talk through them and have the laughs and the hard conversations. Our family is stronger today than it ever was. And so when I take the time to say, okay, God, I see this cross, but I see what you're doing in my life. And I'm going to choose those. I'm just going to choose to see you also. It makes the cross so much easier to carry. And emphasizing that we can't choose until we acknowledge that it's hard. Yeah. Mm. And again, that first step is so important is that when I can sit at that track meet and be sad that my husband can't work. Yeah. And what all that means. And then say, okay, God, I give this cross to you. Open my eyes to what I'm supposed to be seeing in this moment. Right. Right. I need both of those steps. Right. So, Catherine, what ways, you know, I I know you have your own practice as a licensed professional counselor in private practice. You know, having a husband in ICU for 25 years, having all of the anxiety that that comes along with that and having to run a business, it's got to it's got to have some some effects. So how has the pandemic changed your practice? Well, I think it's made me a better counselor because I have a much more intimate understanding of trauma. I mean, I've always known it in theory, but I've walked through it. I know the feelings of anxiety, and I had my first panic attack one night when he would always get bad calls in the middle of the night, and I had my first, like, wake up, oh, my gosh, like, what the bad news is is happening today. And and so I, I feel like I can relate to my clients so much better and also have worked very hard with my own mental health to, like, come out of it. And so I just feel in that way I'm a better counselor having walked through this journey. And sometimes I think, okay, God, is this what I needed to be the counselor you needed me to be? Like, okay, um, I accept. And But what I also want to talk about today is I would like to use this platform to help encourage people to realize how much the pandemic is affecting people's mental health. Our brains are not meant to live in this fight or flight mode for so long and unknowns. And the pandemic is really tricky because part of it 
a lot of us were safe at home. And we can tell ourselves over and over that it wasn't a big deal. But really, our whole world's changed, and there was lots of unknown. And I think we're seeing, and I'm seeing it in my practice, I'm seeing it in schools, and actually everyone I'm talking to says that people are really feeling this, the anxiety and the worn-out feelings of this mental health weight that they can't understand. And I just want to bring a call to let all of the listeners know that this is very normal, and we really do need to embrace that this has been a hard time on people's mental health, and then start looking at what resources are there to help. And I'd like to talk about those when it's appropriate, because I have some things that I just really have created to make mental health less scary, anxiety easy to understand, to help um, moms and dads and ourselves and employers and priests understand what mental health things are going on so we can be a support system for each other. Yeah, why don't why don't we go ahead? I know it's kind of further down on the list, but let's go ahead and do it and we can do it twice because people may need to hear it more than once as they tune in and out. So so give me give me an idea of some of the resources that that you've created to to help yourself and others who are having anxiety, mental health issues. Okay, so the first thing that I did is I created a book called The Catholic Guide to Anxiety. And you can get it on Amazon. You can also get an e-version on my website, Sacred Heart Mental Wellness. Now, this book has been on my heart for so long. One of those where I've been at adoration and God's like, write it. People need it. People need it. I'm like, no, I can't. (laughs) And then the pandemic was like, okay, I can't do this any longer. And so this book on is about anxiety and how God made us and how we are good and having anxious feelings aren't bad, but we need to understand what's happening in our bodies to know why we're feeling anxious so that we can actually thank God for the feelings and know how to work with them. Most self-help resources do not tell you why you're feeling the way you are or why this tool will help, and I think that's what's missing and also how our church was created, understanding how we were made and how this phenomenon was going to happen. And it's a book that is only about 65 pages. It's made with lots of pictures and examples and easy to read so that if, I have a mo- if I'm a mom who has a kid who's struggling with anxiety, I'm going to be able to understand and speak their language and help them. If I am a priest who's had confession after confession where I'm like, oh, these people need help with their anxiety, I have a book that I can give them that is super easy read, very encouraging to stop making it so scary or that it's a bad, that you're bad if you struggle with it. It really says this is okay and we can work through it. So the book is the number one thing I'm trying to get out. I wish um, we started bulk orders for parishes if they want to open it up to like just a resource it gives you all the information everyone wishes they knew but don't know they need it but every counselor knows they do (laughs) Uh, excellent and they can get that at sacredheartmentalwellness.com correct yes and if they want a hard copy they can get it at um on amazon on amazon okay all right so that sounds like a a wonderful resource very doable resource at that point, Kelly, it's interesting because 
when you go and look at the other books that are available to talk about anxiety <clears throat> or the courses online or even articles on websites, they're so long and they're so intellectual yeah. and they are like a college course. And when someone's struggling with anxiety, they do not have the mental bandwidth or the time. Like, like Catherine mentioned, if you're a parent who is, who is having a child who's struggling with anxiety, like all of us have anxiety. It doesn't mean that everyone struggles with anxiety, but if you have a child struggling as a parent, you want answers now. So this book is like, you can get through in a couple hours, but you could also use it as a resource and read a particular section and say, okay, that's helpful. Let's move forward with a plan of action now. Instead of one of these 500 page books, there's good info in those books, but who has who has that mental capacity in those in those trying times? So Catherine and, and I'm just going to uh, kind of promote my wife here. <laughs> She's absolutely the best. Yeah. The success rate in her practice for helping people with anxiety. Again, this is a natural response of the human body. It's a natural thing. Anxiety is good. Like if there's a bear in the room and you don't get nervous. You don't have anxiety and that bear is going to rip your face off. There's probably something <laughs> not quite right in your mind. Yeah. Uh, if you, if your kid is seeing their math test as the bear, <laughs> we have to help them understand that there's some things that are rational and some things that are irrational. But Catherine does this with, with her whole practice and has helped so many people over the years. And she has taken all of that and put it in this easily digestible, easily readable resource mm -hmm. that, you know, it's not the end all be all, but it is something, especially for our priests. So we know the priests listen. We know that a lot of parishioners can, can get these resources into the priest's hands. I want to make this plea to the priests. We know that the priests are tapped out, that they are overworked, that they are Many of them are at their wit's end with dealing with certain topics, whether it's sexual sin that they hear in the confessional, marriage struggles, financial struggles, and then not, not to mention all of the care that they have to give to their parishioners and the, the, uh, the physical buildings and their budgets and so forth. But many, many, many of the issues that are being brought to them for marriage prep, for marriage counseling, for children, for their schools, and also for in the confessional, is the struggle with mental health. Mm. So Catherine's resource and the other resources that she'll mention, these can help the priests help their people. Yeah. And we want to make them available to the priests, and they are available to the priests. So... The priest can get ahead, can get in, uh, get in touch with us. I'm going to give an email address. It's pretty simple. Info, I-N-F-O, at sacredheartmentalwellness.com. It's on sacredheartmentalwellness.com. And we want to help get this resource into the, into the parishioner's hands and help the priest out because no one expects the priest to be mental health specialists a lot of their job requires them to have some way to respond to this. But a lot of what's in the book is what the church teaches. Every, every, this is a Catholic book. Okay. It's going to 
follow along with church teaching and uh, there's no new age counseling practices. There's no, there's no separation of the soul and the counseling therapies. This is all integrated Catholicism in this book. Yeah. So and very, and very easy tools because the other reason that this sacred heart mental wellness is so important to me, and I just appreciate this time to talk about it is that the reality is, is that there are not enough counselors to help those in need right now. And I know that there's waiting lists and people are struggling to get in. And if we can change mental health to wellness, just like when you go to the gym, you work out so you don't have a heart attack. If we can change some basic practices on mental wellness and get some very simple tools in people's hands, I feel like we're going to be able to empower a lot of communities to help each other and families to help each other and to just all be on the same page in working towards a mental wellness kind of picture that if you look at trends, mental health is going to get harder before it gets easier. Yes. And so these are tools and, and I come and do talks as one resources as I can do a, a one night talk at your parish. I can do a retreat kind of intertwining our, the beauty of our faith and our mental wellness with tools that enable us to feel empowered instead of scared and a victim. We can say, I understand these challenges and here are the tools to help. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with more from Dave and Catherine Denuzzo on Embracing the Cross, Overcoming Anxiety. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. Embracing the Cross, Overcoming Anxiety. With Dave and Catherine Denuzzo. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. We are talking with Dave and Catherine Denuzzo, talking about overcoming anxiety, embracing the cross. And uh, Catherine has some resources for us that we've been discussing. You can get more information at their website, sacredheartmentalwellness.com. That is for her business as a professional counselor. So the book is called The Catholic Guide to Anxiety. Catherine, do we want to talk about more resources or do we want to talk about some of the impact that all of this has had on you and your family? Um, I just would like to do two other quick resources for those who might not be interested in books. Um, I did create two videos that the one is understanding your mental wellness. And so this is a really important thing for video that helps people understand how often we want our pasts or struggles or our traumas or our crosses to go away. And then we don't have to think about them. And it's a video that teaches us how to look at those and say, okay, I have to understand them, understand how they impact me, and then also how God is calling me to move forward in my life. 
And so it is, that is a video where most people have said, I finally understand what I'm trying to accomplish and kind of a pathway that I'm working towards. And then the other video is a video on kind of taking the book and making it in a video platform. It's much more basic than the book, but if you want to get a basic understanding of mental wellness, that's a great place to go also. And if, again, if there's anyone who would like uh, me to come and talk or anything I can do to help support a parish, please reach out. We can talk about lots of different options. My goal is to start getting more resources and advocate for mental wellness in our diocese. Excellent. And are those um, videos, are they for sale on your website or do, how, do we, how do we get those? <laughs> They're for sale on my website. And the way that I would explain is this would be the same co- what I would give in a session. And so you're getting the information you'd have in a session with me without having to pay a full session fee. So, again, trying to help make that gap for those who might be needing more support or help in understanding their mental wellness in a time when life is hard. And there's also a free resource on the website called the Free Mental Wellness Assessment. So it's a handful of questions, and you get your results right away. And it might be a great place for people to start. So if they go to sacredheartmentalwellness.com and they scroll down to the take the free mental wellness assessment, it will ask a couple of questions and then give you a score based on your responses. And an explanation will be emailed to you of, of what your score means and maybe next steps to, yeah, maybe the video's the right thing, maybe the book's the right thing, maybe in-person counseling, maybe you need to get on that waiting list. Maybe that's the right path forward. And we want to suggest that all of these resources be taken into account with a prayer life and a sacramental life and with the understanding that you are good, you are valuable, you are loved, and just because you may be struggling in a particular area or have some difficulty or whatever your crosses are, since we're talking about embracing the cross, it doesn't mean that you are junk. It doesn't mean that you are worthless. It does not mean that you are not lovable. That is the lie of the devil. That is the lie of the culture. And we, we spent the time and money and energy to build these resources up because we want people to know that truth, that they are good and loved, and that these things are there for them as, as help for them. And I would even put this out to the Divine Mercy radio listeners, we realize that the things, that some stuff costs money. And if, if someone needs help, they can contact us and we're happy to work with people. So uh, don't let money get in the way. Uh, we want people to be healthy and holy and happy um, because that's what we're created for. Okay. The first thing is I think when we have these crosses, I'm going to just restate again how important it is to allow ourselves to feel them. I think it's taking time in prayer, taking time in your own quiet, taking journaling time to really acknowledge, like, where am I at? How do I feel? How have these things impacted me? And instead of being a bully to ourselves and being like, well, you shouldn't feel that way, we can acknowledge that it's okay that we feel this way. And then the next step that I would look at is how is asking God to come into it with us? A prayer that I prayed when Dave was sick and every day is God open my eyes to what I'm supposed to see, right? Because if I'm just looking with Catherine's eyes, 
it's not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to see what I'm supposed to see. Yeah. And so I think embracing the sacraments, embracing God's teachings of how much how loved we are and how he is with us in the hard, even when we can't see. I think that those are some good first steps. And again, go ahead. Yes. Let me interrupt and let me add in there that the choice of the name for this, these online resources, Sacred Heart, was purposeful. The Sacred Heart is our life source. Okay. It is, it is, uh, sacramentally, it is the Eucharist. Jesus' heart is given to us in the Eucharist. Every Eucharistic miracle that has ever been researched and had pathology done on it has been found to be living heart tissue. Okay, Jesus' living heart tissue, this is what we receive. His sacred heart is the place we, we need to go. If we go other places, it will be wrong, and it will lead to pain, and it will lead to hurt, and we obviously want to eliminate that. So there's a prayer that I prayed every, every time that I was struggling with oxygen when I was in the hospital. And we pray this at the end of our rosary every day, and I pray at Mass over and over and over and throughout the day. It's a very simple prayer. Almost sacred heart of Jesus, I place all my trust in thee. Mm-hmm. And we pray that three times, and it's a great Eucharistic prayer when you're in adoration. It's a great prayer before reception of the Eucharist. It's a great communion meditation. It's a great Thanksgiving prayer. But, oh, most sacred heart of Jesus, I place all my trust in thee. So Mm -hmm. if we go anywhere else, if we put our trust in ourselves or in the world or in some scheme or some process that has been developed that is outside of of the heart of Christ, it will be wrong. So we were very specific when we chose the Sacred Heart, and uh, just as a practical, a practical way to do this for those who are struggling, you may not get all your answers. You may not receive the help in counseling that you need. You may not read this book or watch these videos and feel like it solved your problem. That's fine. Uh, it's gonna, you're going to have to continue to embrace your cross. But a great thing to do is to have your house consecrated to the Sacred Heart, which is to get a Sacred Heart picture. You could print one off the Internet. You could certainly buy a a framed version as well. But to have the Sacred Heart around, to have it in your home in a prominent place, and to know that my home, my heart, my family, my life is dedicated to the Sacred Heart. And if if we're outside of that, it's going to lead us in the wrong direction. So run to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It's it is, as I mentioned, it's our life source. So um, if, if without, without the heart, the body dies. So we need to stay close to the heart. Dave, I know that uh, you used to travel, and maybe still are, but traveled the the world, literally speaking, um, putting on retreats. I had the—I don't know if you even remember me, but I had the privilege of having you give a retreat at my house one time. So, so that was awesome. Yeah. You know— how has all of this affected all of that, uh, that that you're doing now? Well, it has been a huge impact. And I do remember that uh, retreat that we did for the young adults in Kansas City, in the Kansas City area, and that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, so for two years, uh, all of 2020 and all of 2021, I stopped my work traveling and uh, speaking. 
I was able, uh, it was a struggle, but I was able to start speaking again. And I have done a few things here and there. I have a few events coming up, but it has shown me that really it's been a, it's been a breakdown of who Dave is. It's been a, a loss of myself. I must decrease and he must increase. So a loss of myself so that Christ may live in and through me so that I can be who he needs me to be and not simply doing what I want to do. So it has affected my, I, I think I mentioned this, that I'm not teaching anymore. I had to step away from teaching the, the, the day in, day out, full exhaustion, um, crashing uh, and sleeping uncontrollably and the shortness of breath and all of the physical things that were coming with uh, dealing with post-COVID syndrome. Those have those. Yeah. So I've had to step away from many things, but thankfully, and, and this is just Catherine and I are seeing this and uh, you know, it's, we, we try to, we try to see and try to be aware of what God is doing so that we can be active participants in it. Um, but God is opening doors and opportunities for me that had I not gotten sick would not have happened. And so we try to embrace the cross. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean there's not going to be changes, but you know, God wants everything for our good. And so it has allowed me to focus on my diaconate formation. And I would just beg, beg the listeners for their prayers for, not just for myself, but for the other six men in our diocese. And I'll just, I'll just mention their names for Harry and Tim and Tony and Bill and Dan and Mark. And if we can just please, we have three years left till ordination, God willing. Um, if we need the prayers, like the way, same way that you're praying for the seminarians and our priests, thank you so much for doing that. And thank you to the seminarians and priests. If you could pray for the deacon candidates as well, because, you know, we are experiencing spiritual warfare. It seems like every time we get together, there's another big thing in one of our lives. And we've really, we've really become a family, um, brothers in the fight, and our wives are there with us. And it's this family of men who are trying to say, look, we're going to stand in the gap. We are going to fight for the truth and for goodness and for holiness strive to be saints and we all fail and we are all wounded and we are all broken but god is going to do some amazing work to these men and so what that's done for me is as i've had to step away from many things it's allowed me to focus on that vocational call and really really ready to embrace the cross i had a priest friend priest friend recently looked me square in the eye and say, Dave, any man who is ordained or being prepared to be ordained has to be ready to be crucified. And he lives it every day and he knows it very, very seriously. And it really impacted me. And I think about that all the time, that that's what I've, that's what I've agreed to. That's what I've signed up for. So yeah, this, this whole journey, this, this whole situation has, dramatically changed our lives, I think for the better. Um, it's, I think it's hard to say that in, in light of some things, but really it's been, it's been so good. It's shaping us. It's forming us and hopefully transforming us. 
see, I just ask for prayers for all the men who are decent candidates. And then also, yes, I've been able to get back to some things with true manhood and uh, starting doing more speaking and able to travel a, a, a tad. You know, um, I'm still limited on what I can do, but hopefully and encouragingly getting a little bit better. My, my only thought, just very quick, is I want to leave everyone with hope. Mm. God has so much for this radio station, for his diocese, for his people. When you embrace the cross, it also enables you to see all the good that is coming from that suffering. And I, having walked through a very hard couple of years, I can see the beauty in the fighting with holding on to that cross and where God's taking us. And I'm excited to walk this journey. Thanks for tuning into One Body Stewarding God's Creation. Again, the websites to get a hold of Catherine and Dave Denuzzo are sacredheartmentalwellness.com. That's sacredheartmentalwellness.com or truemanhood.com. Thanks for tuning into One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you are a business or service that can underwrite this One Body show, please know your 30-second spot will run three times during the show, which runs five times a week on five different stations, all for a mere 150 per month. Interested? Give us a call, 785-621-4110. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear His voice, harden not your hearts.